Hello, and thanks for listening to the Geek to English podcast. This podcast is brought to you by SiteGround. SiteGround is known for its quality web hosting services. Learn more about them at SiteGround.com. Welcome to the Geek to English podcast. Each week on the Geek to English podcast, we are going to discuss a different technical topic in plain old English. No unexplained technical terms, no insider jargon, no developer speak. We take the technical and make it easy to understand. We translate geek to English. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Geek to English podcast. My name is Cal Evans and I'm your host. Today I want to talk to you about WordPress plugins. Plugins were added to the WordPress code base back in version 1.2. Now, that was just about the time I started using WordPress for my personal blog. Back then, adding plugins was difficult. You had to manually add the plugin to your site using FTP. If you wanted to know if there were any updates to your plugin, you actually had to go to the plugin's webpage and check. If there was, it was up to you to download it, unpack it, and install it manually. Those were fun times. I wrote my first plugin around that time. And I, along with a few other plugin developers, were experimenting with phone home features that made the plugin check for updates every now and again. Now, thankfully, the WordPress core development team moved to make that part of the framework so that each of us didn't have to figure it out on our own. So, why use plugins? Well, plugins are one of the greatest features of WordPress because it allows developers to push WordPress in new directions and to implement new features that may not be interesting to everyone, but are interesting to enough people. In the past 15 years, I've seen some great ideas built as plugins. I've seen some really wild ones too. I've seen plugins that were entire e-commerce solutions and others that simply showed a list of the latest tweets in a sidebar. Plugins can be the basis for an entire site, or they can be a little decoration to it. At their core, plugins give site owners the ability to extend the site's functionality without having to be a developer themselves. Now, this is one of the core concepts to WordPress's explosive growth. As a developer, I can make WordPress do anything I want just by writing the code. The great thing about plugins is it gives non-developers that same ability. With more than 50,000 plugins currently available on the WordPress.org repository, plus many more available for direct install from vendors, there's little that a site owner can dream up that can't be accomplished by installing one or more plugins. I myself have built everything from a simple blog to an e-commerce site to a customized mailing list management system, all using WordPress and plugins. Yes, as a developer, I can extend WordPress by writing code. The beauty of plugins, however, is that I don't have to. Well, what makes a plugin plug in? There are two things that are needed for a plugin to be recognized by WordPress. The first is the location, where it's actually located. And the second is a special header. For WordPress to recognize a plugin, it has to be located in your site's plugin directory. Now these days, that usually means that a plugin will create a directory in the plugin's directory and then put all of its assets, whether it's PHP, JavaScript, CSS, images, and anything else the plugin needs to operate, puts it in that directory. Now this wasn't always the case. 
There was a time when simple plugins, plugins that only needed a single PHP file to operate, would be dropped into the plugins directory. Now, while it is still possible to do this, it's not a good idea. The other thing that a plugin needs for WordPress to recognize it as a plugin is a header. The main file of the plugin needs to contain a comment at the top of the file containing information about the plugin in a format that WordPress expects. This header contains information like the name, the version, the author name, the URL to the plugin's homepage, the license that this plugin is released under, and a brief description. Now, WordPress scans each plugin for a file with this information in the proper format. When it finds it, it knows it has a plugin and it shows it to the user in the list of the plugins on the admin page. At this point, site owners can enable or disable the plugin to turn on or off the functionality provided by the plugin. It's important to note that while WordPress will show you the plugin on the plugins page, until you click that activate link, no code in that plugin will be executed. Now, as we'll discuss shortly in the security section, this does not mean that deactivated plugins are totally safe. But under normal operating conditions, a deactivated plugin can't really do anything. SiteGround has been providing web hosting solutions for 15 years and has become known for its fast platform, top-notch security, and exceptional customer service. If you've been sitting on a great idea for a personal site, a blog, or an online shop, SiteGround will help you get it started smoothly. If you're a professional building and managing multiple client sites, SiteGround offers a powerful set of tools for collaboration and easy management that will save you work and yet give you plenty of control. Enjoy essential must-haves included for free in all of their plans, like Let's Encrypt SSL, email accounts, CDN, automated daily backups, and so much more. Check them out today at SiteGround.com. Now let's talk about making things happen. The file that contains the header is considered the entry point for the plugin. This is the file that WordPress will execute when handling a request for a page. Everything the plugin will do has to be in this file or linked from this file. Many times, the entry point is a very simple program that uses the WordPress hooks and filters system to tell WordPress to execute specific code at specific points in the lifecycle of a page request. Once it's registered its hooks and filters, it's finished. For example, if you've ever seen a plugin that adds social buttons to the end of a post, that plugin most likely tells WordPress that before the content is displayed, it wants a chance to see it and modify it. It does this by registering with the filter called the content. When WordPress gets ready to display the content of a post or a page or a custom post type, it first calls all the code that is registered for the content. Each of these in turn can modify the content. Our social buttons plugin adds the social buttons to the end of the content and then hands it back to WordPress to display to the user. In addition to the hooks and filters system, there are three important events in every plugin's life. These are special hooks that plugins can register, but they only affect plugins. The first of these is activate. If a plugin registers an activate hook, then when you click the activate link, this code is executed immediately. 
This is usually used to set up things like database tables or directory structures that the plugin expects to exist for it to operate. The second is the deactivate hook. Deactivate allows a plugin to clean things up. Deactivate can be used to delete data out of a database, clean up the file system, or anything else a plugin needs to do to leave WordPress as clean as it found it. The third of these hooks that a plugin can register is the update hook. Now that plugins can be automatically updated, plugins can hook into the update process. This allows plugins to grow as needed by adding things like new tables in the database or new meta fields. The update hook allows the plugin to do whatever it needs to be done so that the new version of the plugin can operate smoothly. Now let's talk a little bit about security. Plugins are wonderful for website owners. They allow us to extend the site into new and exciting directions. The problem is that most website owners are not developers. Even if some are, most developers are not diligent enough in reviewing code to ensure that they understand exactly what the code is doing and not doing something malicious like loading JavaScript into every visitor's browser that mines Bitcoin. It is the responsibility of each site owner to make sure that the plugins they install on their site do exactly what they expect and nothing more. Back when I started writing plugins, there were no checks in the system. You could write a plugin, register it with WordPress.org, and boom, people could start downloading it and using it. It didn't matter if the plugin worked like my description said it would, nobody was checking. Now, thankfully, things have changed. Now there is a review process at WordPress.org before a plugin is allowed to be registered. Still, it is a volunteer effort. A lot of it is automated, but that just checks the things we know about. Developers are clever people, and sometimes they find ways to fool the automated checks and sneak things in anyhow. It is 100% up to you as the site owner to be responsible for the plugins that are running on your site. Now, this means that you only get plugins from reputable repositories or companies. No, this doesn't mean you have to get every plugin from WordPress.org, but you have to investigate not only the source, but the developers behind the plugin. And second, if you have a custom plugin written, make sure you have it audited. Yes, sometimes you will hire a developer to write a custom plugin because what you want to do just can't be done with existing plugins. If you hire an outside developer to develop a plugin for you, make sure you hire someone else not associated with that developer to do a review and an audit. Unless you're the developer and have the time to review the code and understand exactly what it is doing and verify that it's not doing anything else, you're going to need this help. Third, delete unused plugins. Now, we talked earlier about the fact that if we deactivate a plugin, WordPress won't execute the code. This doesn't mean it's 100% for sure that the code cannot be executed. If a plugin is still on your site, then it still may pose a threat. It's best to completely delete any plugin that you're not using. I know that sometimes you may want to hang on to it in case you need it again, but the safest plan is to delete it and then reinstall it if you decide you need it again. Plugins are wonderful additions to any WordPress site. With them, you can transform your site with new functionality and make it do things heretofore unimagined. Just like WordPress itself democratized website ownership, plugins democratize functionality. What you want to do with your site 
is no longer limited by your skills as a developer or by your pocketbook. It's limited only by your imagination and your ability to string plugins together to get what you want done. With some foresight, you can craft a website that is different than every other site out there. You can do this easily, safely, and with no custom code whatsoever. All thanks to plugins. Hey, thanks for listening to the Geek to English podcast. Do me a favor. If you like this episode, find us on your favorite podcasting network and leave us a rating. If there's something we can do better, or if there's a topic you'd love us to cover, drop me an email at cal at geek2englishpodcast.com. The